Hello and welcome to the One Up Pod 2022 Game of the Year special. Um, it's Becky Woo! here hosting this year, and I am joined as per usual by Andy. What up, fuckers? Bash. Hey up. And Chip. Hello. <laughs> I don't know if it was just Discord, but it yeah. sounded like you yelped then. Are you okay, Chip? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. having a lovely time. It's been a okay, fantastic good. year of gaming. I'm just excited. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So if we thought 2021 was a year, 2022 decided to show us the error of our assumptions. We've had war, floods, an energy crisis, and enough Tory prime ministers to give Spinal Tap drummers a run for their money. <laughs> but we've also had a lot of games. It's been a really good year for games, both new and old. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, we've needed it. We've needed the distractions. And we here... Uh, what up put towers i've decided we have towers guys i hope that's okay we have gathered our favorites of the year and so before we get going i just wanted to do a reminder our criterion for the game of the year is that it's a first time play regardless of the year um of release basically because as andy said last year we're not made of money but you know any game as long as it's a first time play we're good we've picked one game of the year and we've also got three runner-ups because we've all had such good gaming years that it was absolutely impossible to narrow down any further than that. So without further ado, let's find out whether Chip ventured into more Ubisoft territory, if Andy has another curveball choice for us, and what the hell Bash is going to pick now she can't choose Final Fantasy fourteen. Andy, kick us off. Oh, thank you. You're so welcome. My first, <laughs> my first runner-up is going to be Return to Monkey Island. Monkey Island is one of my favourite game series ever. I talked about Monkey Island 2 in episode 8, I think it was. The Games That Made Us episode. Uh, It's a series that's just meant meant a lot to me. I've got many fond memories of The Secret of Monkey Island and LeChuck's Revenge. But I felt the series fell off a cliff somewhat when Ron Gilbert left. Like Even though I like a lot of stuff about the third game, it it didn't feel like a proper Monkey Island game to me. It was kind of like season 4 of Community. It was it was doing a decent enough job of approximating what someone thinks Monkey Island is, but it was, it was lacking in the the spirit of it all. And like the the other games that followed, Escape from Monkey Island and the Telltale series, they just didn't do anything for me at all. So it was really nice to see Ron Gilbert coming back for one last time to give the game the series a proper finale, and it it just turned out to be a really great game. Like the, the storytelling was all on point, the humour. And the bizarre puzzle logic—it just—they all felt like the good old days, uh, but with its own identity. It looked really unique. The way they've adapted the point-and-click system and modernized it is really cool, and like, it's one of the best I've seen in a long time. But what really put it over the top for all those tons of other games that I could have listed here—it's the fact that it was a story framed about around like a father connecting with his son. And I'm blaming Morgan again because he's just completely changed me as a person <laughs> and it's just made everything about him. I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that one day. But yeah, it was just really nice to see like the, the heart of Monkey Island show up here. It's one of those, it's kind of one of those the true adventure is the people you love thing. But like, yeah, Morgan's obviously made me an easy mark for this sort of shit now. So <laughs> it hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> just, yeah, Monkey Island's never really been about providing answers. So like, it's always been more about Guybrush, like overcoming adversity and facing fears, making friends, finding love, working out how to grow a beard, just lots of personal <laughs> growth stuff. And apparently like now that's just a whole thing for me. I, I, it really resonated with me. You could grow a beard if you wanted to. 
I'm sure I could. Yeah. <laughs> that should be your, your target for the next year. Grow a beard. I would do that. I'm, I'll, I'll start now. Oh, there we go. Surprise. <laughs> Worked faster than I Merry thought. Christmas. <laughs> it's a miracle. Uh, my second runner-up, the, actually the next two games that I'm going to name are kind of tied by a common theme. Uh, they both fundamentally changed my attitude as a gamer, kind of like how uh, Forza Horizon did last year. But this time, rather than making me appreciate racing games, these games made me embrace the pain. <laughs> so my, my second runner-up... Hang on, hang on. Where's this going? <laughs> it's nothing kinky, don't worry. Okay, I, hope, I don't think anyway. I'm not going to analyse it too much. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Therapy podcast. My second runner-up is Sifu. Like, the allure of... Like, I don't usually like games where the whole point is you get the shit kicked out of you and you have to keep trying, but uh, the allure of Sifu's like neon-drenched interactive kung fu movie, it was just too much for me to ignore, so I took a <laughs> chance on it and like almost immediately fell in love with it. It's a lot of trial and error, like replaying old levels, trying to get better understanding uh, pattern rec- uh, recognition and working, like trying to just improve yourself each time so you don't die sooner basically the, like the whole gimmick of sifu is when you die on a level you age and you'll age by however many points you've suffered during that stage and at a certain point you hit a point where you can't age anymore and you die but if you get to the next level you stay that age and like it makes it harder and harder to progress if you go in the next stage as an old man or something or old woman oh, so it was really it, it really really encourages you to go back to like earlier levels and try a blast through and do better and gain more points and like start fusing special moves to your character because when you die you'll lose special moves that you've unlocked unless you access like abilities to fuse them it's very much a whole thing about just going back trying again keep trying 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 until you eventually succeed and clear a room of enemies like no sweat it's it's normally the kind of stuff that fuck me off completely but for some reason, it just really clicked for me. It possi- it's possibly because it's like a kung fu movie, and I'm just inclined to like kung fu games. But it really, it really like set the stage for me to kind of appreciate games that are designed with that whole get good kind of mentality. Where usually <laughs> I was like, oh fuck off, I'm not getting good. I'm just gonna be mediocre. I'm fine with that. So that Sifu actually managed to mentally prepare me for my next and final <laughs> runner-up. I wonder Which... what this could be. <laughs> Ooh. It is. Yes, it's Elden Ring. Before Elden Ring, like I, I did not understand Soulsborne games, uh, especially not to the extent where people, so many people were like captivated by Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all that stuff. But after Elden Ring, I kind I understand it to an extent, but I also feel like Elden Ring's doing it the best way and the mm. most accessible way for people. Like that's why it's become such a runaway phenomenon people everybody can get into it now rather than just a very specific type of sadist and masochist and all that stuff <laughs> i saw a quote from uh, game critic justin clark he described it this way and i completely agree with it it's the first from soft game to not feel like a brick wall but a doorway uh, Ooh, I, I, like I like how that. he described that yeah it, it, yeah that makes a lot the, of sense it's the it's the thing that stopped it, me from rage quitting the game many many times whereas i i've quit bloodborne and dark souls 3 just, they never went back. It's very exacting and demands your full attention. You've got to have perfect timing. It will punish mistakes, but there is a way to progress, which I like about it. Yeah. And it's also designed like in a way that I've never seen with an open world game. 
it's very withholding in its approach to storytelling and quest design and all that stuff. Like, they don't give you anything. You've got to do all the work yourself, which yep. I found really <laughs> compelling rather than infuriating. It's it's like very it encourages ex- exploration and like curiosity, even though like most of the time that curiosity is met with like a giant monster with a hammer smashing you to pieces. <laughs> it's, yeah. Elden Ring was my game of the year choice for a long time. Since yeah, I was going to say it. <laughs> I, I, it held strong for for so long. Yeah, in our review, you were like game of the year, hundred percent. Yeah. it's going to be my game of the year. I, I'm <laughs> very confident. Boy. And then obviously. That changed because I played another game <laughs> that completely surpassed it in every way. And that so game. Just, just before you say it, sorry, just before you say it, if you throw us another curveball at this point without <laughs> even mentioning the game that I think you're about to mention, I'm, 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 I'm probably not going to do anything, but I will be surprised. <laughs> I, my game of the year is Trombone Champ. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I only did that because of you, you fuck. The look on my face just now, because for a second that was very believable. <laughs> I, was I like, mean, that, that, oh, it wow. was on my list, like shortlist, like it was going to be there. So my actual game of the year is God of War Ragnarok. Yay! It, it couldn't be anything else for me. Like even before I'd finished the game, when we were reviewing it, I like knew it was going to dethrone Elden Ring because story matters a lot to me, and more crucially, characters matter to me. So I appreciate a lot about what Elden Ring was doing, and it is unquestionably a more important game than Ragnarok in terms of what it's doing for game design going forward. But it could never really compete with like the emotional and thematic wealth of Ragnarok. Like I cried loads of times playing this game; it just absolutely floored me. Like, but by the time I was done, I was like just quietly weeping in bed, and I looked over at Morgan, and he was just staring at me the entire time. <laughs> and I said, "This is all your fault, you know." And he just gave me a big smile in response. <laughs> it's 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 like it's got the best storytelling and characterization I've seen in a game since maybe Red Dead Redemption Two. It's like it's as big and emotional and epic and complex and layered. It's also just really satisfying to play. Like they've tweaked all of the old gameplay, thrown in new mechanics, made it all work so much better and smoother and like more fluid it just it all seems just to work a lot better than it did back in playstation 4 days it's just an absolute masterpiece and it's rare that i want to replay a game after finishing it but i did load up like another game of ragnarok when i was done i did play a bit of the end game stuff like just to get, see some what happens after the game sort of thing but i wanted to relive the story again so i've started playing it again it's just so i could relive those highs and lows all over again the 2018 game is possibly like the defining game of the PS4 era, but it didn't. It wouldn't make my top ten of all time. I say that. Whereas I feel like Ragnarok is one of the best games I've ever played, and it's it's definitely on the list. And I can't wait to record a spoiler special on it. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, I I don't know how far I am through it, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And you're right, it's improved everything. I'm really impressed with kind of how they've taken the feedback and a lot of the things we discussed in our god of war episode actually and yeah they've improved it exponentially it's it's stunning i will take your words for it <laughs> i'm not gonna make you play it don't worry yeah don't don't worry <laughs> never again after i'm i'm pleased because i had a little bet with myself that i could guess all of your game of the years and i'm, I'm one for one so far Ooh, be interesting to see if anyone um anyone defies it sasha would you like to go next yeah sure 
in spite of the fact that I've been boasting, I took notes. I do not have as many effusive <laughs> praising <laughs> words for any of mine. You do you. I will do me. Thank you. Go for the go with the flow. See what you say. <laughs> so my runners up. I've actually bunched three together as they were all games that came out this year. I actually kept up a little bit more, at least with the indie landscape, than I did. Obviously, AAAs, it's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> but, yeah, because, you know, money. But, yeah, so having Xbox Game Pass for PC, after getting my PC this year, really um, opened doors to get into play a lot of um, indie games when they came out a lot of them headed straight to Game Pass day one. And at the time, I was like, Ugh. Um, you know, when we watched that E3 and were, everything was day one on Game day Pass. Day one. And I was like, Ugh, how lame. Um, <laughs> like, like, shut up. I don't care anymore. Except it turns out that now that I have a PC, um, it's one of my favorite things. Like, oh, cool. These games that I would have absolutely wanted to play but would have sat on a list for, like, years until they became cheap enough that I could buy them. Uh, so the three are Kraken Academy, Card Shark, yes, and Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. <laughs> I'm so glad you Him said again. that again. <laughs> All three of them, no spiritual or thematic similarities whatsoever. <laughs> um, three very different games, but all of them pretty short games, which we know if it's not Final Fantasy, I don't want to spend more than 10 hours on it. So all of them, I just think I've spoken about them across the year. They were all just three really standout indie gems in my mind i could have honestly that I, I had the biggest trouble trying to get down to even just a few runner, ha, runners up <laughs> from indie gems because i just think there's been so many that were so good this year yeah. um that showed like the real variety that you get you know when you dig a little deeper into gaming what's out there the indie world has always been really good for that and i know you said three but you know you just said I could free flow and, and, and yeah. Yeah, I, I was never of all the people I was expecting to break the rules, you were at the top, so go for hey, it. Yeah. No, I did just want to call out um, Marvel Snap. Yeah. Because holy fucking game. shit, have I spent so much time playing that game. <laughs> I love card games, as we know. Like in real life, tabletop card games as well as just, you know, card games, Slay the Spire and all that kind of stuff, um, online. And I like things that are quick, generally. Um anything that demands more of my attention than you know say half an hour is usually gonna struggle yay adhd so <laughs> yeah marble snap is just excellent it's just very good so there there is my span of games that actually came out this year that were candidates for game of the year but none felt like actual game of the year that's actually going to persona 5 royal yes <laughs> which this is this is what i thought you were gonna go for Honestly, because as you pointed out, I can't pick Final Fantasy, can I? In spite <laughs> of the fact that I spent 1,500 hours on it this year. <laughs> so I played it in January and the fact that it stuck with me this long, this amount of time. It went on Game Pass in October and so it came to PC and like immediately installed it. I actually came out on my birthday, which felt like a gift, especially for me from Atlas. It was really nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I fucking loved that game i've ended up watching the anime series of the game i have started collecting the manga 
it has just become like so beloved to me and I'm doing my own version of a dickhead run on my next run because my first run I picked my romanceable character and I stuck with one person but I really want to see the scene where when you've dated everybody you can in the game and then they all come together on the same day but yeah no, my my game of the year is Persona 5 Royal because it's just it's just great and it just hit all the notes I needed it to nice and if I'm not doing hack and slash then you can bet your butt what I want to be doing is turn-based combat so <laughs> well I'm out already because I got that wrong I didn't think you were going to pick that so yes! shit. Ooh, what did you think I was going to pick yeah I thought you might squeeze Mass Effect in there knowing how much you're enjoying it right now I've not finished it. Does that matter? I don't. Does that, is that it in did, the rules? Adjudicate. It's, 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 please. it's not in the rules, but like, it's, if Sasha wants to, feels like she has to finish it to judge it properly, then it's yeah. Okay, it's fair I deep. see. That's why like Ragnarok's not going to feature on mine because I've not finished it yet. <gasps> Spoilers. Does <laughs> Chip got another one wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Okay, because good. I thought Becky was going to pick something different. So we'll we'll see out. I'm one for one. Cool. No, you no, you one, one for, for two. two. You one for two. But I've only got one wrong and one right so far. One for one means you've got but like one right. One out, out of one. one. You've got one out oh. of two. Yeah, I've got one for one and one for two. Yeah. We'll do <laughs> In my other bet that I've just made up. <laughs> sure. Okay. Chip, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I know I've definitely got this right, so I guess I'm a two for three. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so <laughs> this this was fun this year because it was the first time that I've started to keep a little record of the games that I've played and completed. Uh, with a little star rating and like a note on how long it took me to finish and you Fucking know just a nerd. small little review. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Sasha, no, I agree. You had a spreadsheet for Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Not Final Fantasy Nia. But yes. Oh, I'm sorry. And but currently have one for Mass Effect. For Final Fantasy. I'm not, I'm you sure know, fellow nerd. Yeah, yeah. job one nerds. and stuff. Anyway, you, sorry. <laughs> you have multiple spreadsheets. I have multiple spreadsheets, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no shame, much like Sasha, because I, I I love it. And the notebook I'm using is actually like a D&D notebook, so it's actually like formatted really nicely for this sort of thing. So, yeah, it's really cool. So it was just nice to have my own little record and that sort of thing. So in total, I finished 27 games this year. Uh, there were a couple that I stopped playing, so I didn't kind of note those just in case I ever decide to go back and, and play them. But it's really helped me narrow down my game of the year list. Um, well, a bit too much, actually, because I had a lot of runner-ups. <laughs> and then the, there was like one that is actually on my runner-up list that I forgot about until someone reminded me of it. So, yeah, it, it's been difficult. I've played some some good games this year. It's been really, really yeah. fun year for some some really, really, really good games. So here are my runner-ups. First one is... Ghost of Tsushima, which is the one that I forgot about, and <laughs> I only remembered it because my friend Dom came around. He's like, "Hey, can I play that samurai game?" I was like, "Fuck you!" And <laughs> really confused, and I had to explain what I meant by that. <laughs> what a game! What a bloody brilliant game! Like, yes. It absolutely blew me away, and it's one that I will replay at some point down the line. And like one of the only games I might consider playing on a hard difficulty as well, because it has some sort of mode where the damage is a bit more realistic so like if you get a good shot in you can kill people with one hit and they can kill you with one hit and stuff like that and i'm actually considering that mm -hmm. because I've, i i gelled so well with the combat in this game and the way it plays and that's the only time i'd ever consider playing a game on hard <laughs> difficulty but yeah i i really love this game weirdly i only gave it four and a half stars uh, which i was trying to work out why it didn't get five but i think it's because it does have a lot of those typical open world tropes is the only thing 
and, and they're all good as well. Like all the side quest stuff is all that, but and all the fetch stuff is really great and an improvement on a lot of games that do it this way. But for me, it was just a bit too on the nose with those sort of games, like a, like an Assassin's Creed game, for instance. So <laughs> I think that's probably why it lost half a star. But yeah, I'd be very tempted to change that because I do I do love it. I would reconsider. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back. <laughs> that and do sounded that. so threatening. <laughs> I <would laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you've mentioned it on your list because it means I don't have to mention it on my list because I'm trying to, I, I wanted to kind of, ah. my 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 runner-ups equally lengthy and I had the same thing when my partner was like, I was listing out all the all of my thoughts, my runners up and he was like, oh, didn't you play Ghost of Tsushima this year? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I think through the list out I had to say. Go yeah. to the shops, Danny. Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't, no. At least River understands me. If <laughs> it does understand me, he never asked me to make lists. Um, He'd never bring up games I've played this year and really liked. <laughs> uh, is this why you've gone last as well? Is so we can sort of like help you cross things off so you don't have to mention them? Yeah, basically, yeah. I've got like <laughs> the horse <laughs> prerogative though. <laughs> yes, but yeah, so um, uh, yeah, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, Becky, this might help you as well, is Horizon Forbidden West. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about that as well anyway, but yeah. Okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Uh, this was one of those that I you know, played earlier in the year because it came out in April, I think. And when I played it, I was like, yeah, this will be my game of the year. And I've had that a couple of times this year as well. So uh, this did get five stars. Um, but yeah, it's a runner-up for me. It's a brilliant sequel. It improved on everything from the first game. I love Aloy. She's still my girl absolutely fantastic and uh, i'm really excited for the story dlc coming up next year as well yes save that for the final section of the episode. okay Thank i will <laughs> i'll probably just Stick say that again but yay. <laughs> <laughs> and my final runner-up for 2022 is god of war ragnarok Ooh. yeah this wasn't easy lads <laughs> this was not an easy choice uh, I mean, what can I say that Andy hasn't already? It's it's fantastic. When we did our review, as I said, uh, said in the near episode, I, I loved it and my love for it just grew. I think it improved upon what I originally thought it was. So I thought it was great and it just got greater. It was very hard for me to make this my runner-up and like the proper runner-up, like in number two, very close to number one. But my game of the year for 2022... I think you might have guessed it already, but it's Cyberpunk. It's 2077. Yeah, so I didn't play the trombone game. I'm sorry. Maybe next year. <laughs> Chip, you didn't even get me a chance to guess Power Wash Simulator. Oh, again, it was on the it was on the shortlist as well, but I haven't finished that, so maybe that's why. Maybe I'm even sorry. I with you about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you judged me because oh well, you, you know you've not finished it. Yeah, but that's um, only because I didn't get it right and I wanted to. Ah, you sod. <laughs> it's a very good game you should you should play it yeah cyberpunk um uh, see i think objectively ragnarok is a better game maybe but like i was so obsessed with cyberpunk like really hyper fixated on it like i'd play it late into the night and i'd immediately get up in the morning and want to play it more just all day skied off a bit of work so i could play it and just got sucked in entirely by that whole experience and while i love Ragnarok can put a lot of time into that it didn't quite hit that feeling that cyberpunk did as much as I adore God of War and love it and think it's the perfect game this just went kind of beyond that it, it didn't tickle my pickle as much I guess you could say sure. and then with the likes of Edge Runners and stuff like that as well that came out this year that just like made my obsession grow 
And as, as pay, much as it pained me not to pick God of War, I, I couldn't pick anything else other than Cyberpunk 2077. Nice. I would have possibly picked Cyber... If I hadn't played Cyberpunk when it was released, it would have been a firm contender for Game of the Year if... Like any year that it came out, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's a good year. It was a good year. Yeah, yeah. It has been so. Right. So my my runners up, I have been fighting with them for. Well, I've, I think we probably talked about recording this episode a couple of months ago, and ever since then I've just been like, and just like writing out lists constantly. Um, and the only one that's been locked in as a runner up for that whole time is Horizon Forbidden West. I loved it. Love Aloy. There was some, there was some great Erin moments. There weren't enough Erin moments for me. <laughs> That's why. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. I actually think that um they could have done a bit more with the side characters and kind of the wider stuff that was going on. So that's why it's a runner up for me. Is that, and it's it's one of those where I just wanted more. Um. So I'm really excited about the DLC and obviously whatever comes next for Aloy. But it was very definitely a runner-up. I couldn't quite get it to, you know, game of the year levels. And then the other two spots. And, like, I've got one sorted. The other one, I still haven't decided. I'm just going to pick as I'm talking. Because <laughs> it's just going to be easier. <laughs> I've lost it. I originally had a list where I had, like, 15 games. And I was going to read them all to you. But I can't find all of them. And I can't remember all of them now. Because <laughs> I'm old and my memory's gone. But the second one, second runner-up is Power Wash Simulator, which I just bloody love. I love that game so much um, because it starts off as a lovely little cleaning game. You know, it's really satisfying cleaning stuff without you know, minimal effort. And then a plot starts to happen kind of in the background of you cleaning all of these various things. And it gets really fucking weird. And I'm not going to uh, like spoil anything or explain anything. But, you know, if you've started Power Simulator, I really recommend following it through to the end. Because it's just nuts. And, like, it goes places. And I can guarantee wherever you think those places will be, it's not going to be that. <laughs> it's so weird. And I love it. I love it so much. It's so genteel and low stakes for the most part. It's great. Yeah, that was a strong contender. And then third, <laughs> I'm going to go with Slay the Spire for my third game uh, because I spent a lot of time on that and it kind of happened when, you know, I wasn't feeling very good. I had lots of kind of work stress and stuff and I got obsessed with Slay the Spire. I still haven't done the final, final stuff, but... Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that on Sasha's list last year? It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's cool. But I played it this year for the first time. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. a nice little thing that I like. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like it. But yeah, it's just really fun and really easy to get sucked into and obsessed with. And I was going to replay it a little bit for this episode if I was going to pick this one. But I was just like, if I pick it back up again, that's me done for, like, for at least a month. Like It's just going to be slide the spire all the time. So yeah, so I really love that. I loved how it combined card game with roguelike elements. Yeah, just a really fun, really fun game all around. I'm also going to do an honourable mention for Stray because it's a game about a cat where you play a cat and it's wonderful and the storytelling was great and I'm the host, so I'm going to break my own rules. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> all things corrupt this episode. I know, all chaos. Waking everywhere. If I, if I could have had more, I would have picked this one too, so I'm so glad yeah. you've said it. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't want to like go through this episode without mentioning Stray at some point. 
it's just it's just such a lovely game and I really can't wait to play it again. I want to spend a bit more time kind of doing all the secrets and stuff this time. The attention to detail in that game, uh, some of the smaller moments that you could find to get the cat to do was just great. So yeah, straight honourable mention. So game of the year choice. I'm really, yeah, I, I don't know. Chip might have got this right because we talked about this when we had lunch last week, but it's Pentiment. Yes! Yeah, <laughs> I thought you would. Haven't played it, but I picked it for you. Yes! yes. Nice. It's a late entry. I mean, it was only released in November. And I was kind of like, I'd got into my head, like, Power Simulator was going to be my game of the year. And, you know, I'd had got uh, all of this kind of, like, various things uh, to discuss about. Like, Elden Ring as a runner-up, for example. That was a close runner-up for me as well. But then Pentiment came in. And it's like someone kind of dug around in my brain and took all the elements I love in art and video games and books and everything and just put it all in this murder mystery and it's wonderful like the artwork the visual design of it is fantastic um again the attention to detail so things like the dialogue boxes the font used reflects the social status of the character speaking and it combines like discussions of storytelling through art through literature music folklore history buildings you know it's just it's an early modern telltale game with considerably more depth yeah I had to mention Pentiment because oh I was obsessed it's just a real feat of storytelling and kind of thematic depth and exploration and you know there's loads of side characters but they all feel wonderfully individual um like the social interactions you have is entirely governed by kind of how you go about your day and it's set at a time in history as well that I find really interesting. You know, when you've got the Catholic Church's power starting to wane a little and Protestantism is coming in. So there's all this kind of like turbulence happening in the background. And then there's murder and solving murder and art and books. And uh, it's just uh, it's so good. It's so good. A very, very niche game, but very specifically my niche. So Pentiment is my game of the year choice. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to play that hopefully next year. So maybe it'll be my list for next year as well. Maybe. I'm hoping I will get to review it with one of you at some point because I'd really like to do like a spoiler discussion about it. Yeah, I- I'm I'm playing it, but I haven't got very far into it, but I'm loving what I've played so far. Yay. It's so exciting. And I'm literally like bursting at the seams to talk about some of the spoilery stuff. So prepare for enthusiasm should that happen. <laughs> <laughs> We've also asked our listeners to send us some of their games of the year. Again, same criterion. Yeah, let's judge them. Yes. I mean, a lot of them coincide with what we've played. So <laughs> so nobody asked for pod, um, picked Elden Ring by a considerable distance. A struggle to play anything else afterwards. And they also include an honourable mention for Marvel Snap. Orange Pumpkin, our friend Orange, she talks about games released in 2022. She's got an honourable mention for Stray. But Tunic takes her top spot. And then she's also put shout-outs to Until Dawn, Unpacking and Banjo-Kazooie for the first-time plays. And then put... <laughs> oh, and Setting Girls as well. Oh, man, I freaking loved Banjo-Kazooie when I was a kid. I'm so happy Orange got around to playing that. <laughs> I've never played it, but I noticed they're on um, Xbox Game Pass. So I might, um, I might have to have a go. And also Unpacking is on my list for next year as well. I really want to play Unpacking. Yep so lovely such a lovely game yeah. that on my runners up list like for sure yeah cherry lambrini has 
finally played Skyrim. Welcome to the family. <laughs> You'll enjoy buying like six different editions of the same game. They said, I initially put it off because I never got into Oblivion, but it gave it a go recently and I've been hooked ever since. It's got the big AAA Christmas present game feeling, a game you play on your Christmas holidays while living off chocolate and mince pies. Cozy. And that's the perfect description for Skyrim because there may be lots of hacking of limbs, but it's also just really nice. Ben, Duke of Benningham, our friend Ben, um, who's obviously still listening, so that's nice after we insulted him that one time. He picked <laughs> Ollie Ollie World, Tunic, and Cult of the Lamb for his runners-up. But oh, Cult another... of the Lamb, yeah. Yes, and I'm surprised you mind. didn't mention that, Andy. It's very close to being on the list. <laughs> it's been such a good year. Uh, but he says, it's hard to look past Elden Ring. Um, all I thought about for the month was playing. Had high hopes, and it didn't... Um, and Oh, and it did lift up to them. I wrote that wrong. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> I know. My like, oh. game of the year isn't very good. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, was Becky last year, though. To be fair, yeah, that was Becky last oh, year. Oh yeah, it, no, it absolutely was. <laughs> I was listening back to that episode, like, oh wow. And I mean, I stand by it. I stand by that choice. I had the most fun, but it was a terrible <laughs> game. <laughs> so Liam the Mason, he's put. I didn't play any newer games, but he wanted to shout out a little gem. Uh, called Arcade Again, which is a fun little roguelike shooter. I've I it looked like I'd put tutor, and I was like, what? <laughs> I should really type my notes. Uh, <laughs> with some pretty cool level designs, boss battles, and a decent soundtrack. I've not come across that, so I want to have a look at that. That sounds fun. And then last but by no means least, uh, Sam Inglis started playing games in June, aged forty. So welcome to you know being a gamer enjoy and they put i've only finished a couple because you're bad at them you're not bad at games no one's bad at games no. you just have to find a way to battle through them and they picked persona 5 royal so with sasha's choice oh, nice. as it ate literal months of their time and already can't wait to get back and see all the things they've missed that's a nice like a nice selection from from our listeners also oh. uh, caroline didn't forgot to tweet but she asked me to say her game of the year is stardew valley Yes, Caroline. I mean, mine too, as in like an old favourite. I've yeah. put stupid amounts of hours into that game. Perfect recovery from surgery. <laughs> I just wanted to add one from Little Reb. <laughs> oh, yes. I know that Little Reb obviously can't tweet. He's nine. Um, but I did ask him <laughs> what his game of the year was. And the nine-year-old's opinion was Super Mario Odyssey because it was the first game he played this year. Nice. A nice. game he played for the first time this year, sorry. And it has become his obsession to the point where he now does little speed runs of levels. So oh, I feel like I should have asked Danny now. I'm texting him. What's your game of the year? Waiting for Danny to reply, Segway. He's picked a game called Inscription, ah. which he keeps telling me to play as well. He thinks he'll I'll really like it. So you never know. I might be able to talk about it next year. So that'll be fun. Last of all, I want to know what everyone's gaming delights. What are we looking forward to in 2023? New releases, anything game related or, you know, games you've set aside to play. What What is everyone looking forward to? I'm going to do the same order, so I'll go to Andy first. I am obviously hyped for Starfield, if it ever shows up. <laughs> Mostly just to see if it's worth waiting forever for Elder Scrolls Fruit 6. Like, uh. It better be brilliant, otherwise, yeah. Becky's going to bite through a tree or something. I'm just going to go, I'm going to pick at Bethesda, essentially. Yeah, you're going to need to. 
I'm also excited about uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom because Breath of the Wild was obviously amazing. So I want to see what they do to try and top that. Resident Evil 4 remake and the Dead Space remake. I'm pretty excited about both of those. But weirdly, I'm mostly hyped about a game called Skate Story. I saw, I saw a trailer for it during, I think it was the game show, or the summer game show. It's a skating game set in hell, where you play a demon made of glass and pain. It looks so strange and like unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's scored by songs from a band called Blood Cultures, and I love their stuff. And I love skating games, like obviously Tony Hawk's games are all amazing. Uh, it just looks really unique and really strange and... I just, yeah, I just, I've just been obsessed over it since I saw the trailer for it, and I'm just really excited to be able to play it. And I hope I can play it. I hope my PC doesn't explode trying to run all those weird visual effects. <laughs> nice. What about you, Bash? So, until this last week, in which there was a somewhat disappointing interview about the inherent whiteness of all the characters uh, from the creator, uh, I was super hyped for Final Fantasy 16 next year. If nothing else, it would be like, now that I'm really into Final Fantasy um, as a series, I thought it would be the first Final Fantasy, numbered Final Fantasy I'd get to play from the start. And also it was made, it's been produced by the producer of Final Fantasy fourteen, which as we all know, I'm obsessed with. <laughs> no. Let's be honest, I'm still going to play White Power Final Fantasy, but... Um, <laughs> it- <laughs> Not, not the official title I should follow, we should point out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I knew yeah, I you were going to make that joke and it was chat. still a shock. <laughs> yeah. I'm also really looking forward to Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable coming to consoles yeah. and PC on Game Pass. Like, Persona 5 obviously being one of my, ga- my, my game of the year this year. Be interesting to see if 4 and 3 are also as good, in my mind. Um, so I'm really hyped for those. There is Storyteller coming out. I think that's probably my out there pick. It's Annapurna Interactive's next big-ish game. Ooh, nice. And it's 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 literally you as the player are like a storyteller and you can change the story through the choice of words. And it's all puzzle games and things like that. It just seems like extremely my shit, all capitals. <laughs> Some sequels, I think. Oxenfree 2, Wolf Among Us 2. The two sequels that are due next year that... You know, I'll have nice those two as well, see. please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that probably is about it. The only other thing I'd made a note of was a, a game called A Space for the Unbound. You may remember I talked about it and or played it on stream when I did a demo day for whatever the last like big indie Steam demo thing was. I can't remember which demos I did now, as in what the event was. But there was a game called A Space for the Unbound. Yeah. And it was one of my games of that demo event and it finally comes out next year so i'm also really hyped about that hopefully by picking a bit more of a varied game set i might actually play some of them this time (laughs) (laughs) as last time i said tiny tina's wonderlands and teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge and i did not play either so (laughs) we shall see nice chip well, I'll just cut and paste when I said I wanted to play the story DLC for the Forbidden West just like here. So, you know, that'll save a bit of uh, time. <laughs> um, I, there was a, a trailer for a game at the Game Awards for, called Replaced, which is a 2.5D like sci-fi retro action platformer type game oh, yeah. that just looked incredibly cool. So I've immediately put that onto my wish list and anticipated 
game for the next year. And also, if the rumour that the new Spider-Man game is coming out in 2023 mm. is true, then that by a country fucking mile. Yes. I'm also going to pick Horizon, obviously, because it's my girl. Also, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is due yeah, next year. Good. Ooh, yeah. And I really liked Fallen Order once I played it on easy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping the the difficulty is going to be a bit more balanced for, for this new one. But I really, really loved the storytelling in that game. So very excited for that one to come out. And also, um, thanks to PlayStation putting it for free, I've got Mass Effect Legendary Edition which is games, it's a franchise I've always wanted to play. Sasha is currently streaming it at the moment, and I'm told with, this is hilarious. Um, I'm avoiding it for spoilers, but yeah, go watch Sasha. And yeah, so I've, I've downloaded that ready to go, and I'm really looking forward to, to finally playing those and getting stuck in. That's a good episode, everyone. Lots of, lots of lovely game choices. Yeah, some good games we played this year. Really, that was amazing. Really good. Like yeah. I knew it had been a really good games year, but I think the testament to how good it's been is how varied all of our choices are. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for another year of the podcast. Our numbers are growing and we get such lovely feedback from you guys. Um, we really appreciate it. We love having you along for the ride. If you could please rate, review and subscribe to us on your podcast, podcast platform of choice i just completely got stuck on all the peas then if yeah that really helps us it gets us seen by more people and you know sharing our tweets and things like that it every little helps and we're super grateful for for everything that you guys have done for us so far and if you want to find us on social media we are on twitter instagram and twitch at one odd one up pod please come follow maybe next year we will finally use the twitch account i'm gonna do it damn it that's my new year's resolution are we gonna do it we're gonna do it it's gonna even fucking if, happen surely even if we just let people see one of our four guys like nonsense please well i just i just want us to play games together a bit more next year because it's been such a busy year with like babies and like houses and relationships and jobs and anxiety like it would just be really nice if like we could we could find some more time to play some more games together because Absolutely. that's how we came together as a group of friends that's how we started a podcast and some of my favorite ever memories in my entire life are playing video games with you guys so i'd, I'd really like that yeah we should yes. definitely do that babies and houses and relationships and anxiety notwithstanding <laughs> my anxious yeah, baby will hopefully let me play the games <laughs> you got like a knife to your throat and say oi don't you do that <laughs> He's got baby form, though. He just doesn't like being left out of things. Aww. That's fair. Oh, he's so cute. If people did want to see pictures of how cute your son is and various other things, uh, where can they find you, Andy? Well, they can find me on Twitter, where I don't mention my son at all, because that place is a hellhole. Fair. Uh, that's truly underscore defective. <laughs> uh, you can see my baby on a much more sensible platform, for me at least. Instagram, it's truly defective, just one word. I'm not on Hive. I deleted my account for Hive because there was a security breach. Oh, was there really? Oh, yeah. I need to delete my account that, for so Hive. No, now. I'm not touching that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, they're going to steal your honey. <laughs> oh, chip. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Thanks, Bash. I knew you would. Thank you. <laughs> Bash, where can people find you? I'm Bash at Demonhead on things. Great, to the point. 
Chip. I am at the Chip Thompson on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitch where I'll be playing many, many games. Chip Thompson's thumbs. Totally didn't need to forget that again. <laughs> I really recommend jumping in on Chip streams for Alien Isolation because yes. you will see a grown man cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram on Becky Gracely. And last last of all, I just wanted to wish everyone from all of us at One Up Pod wish you a very happy new year and you get lots of time to get a life and play video games. <laughs>